Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. And so tonight I want to bring a message to you that really has been stirring up inside of me. It's something that has challenged me for some time now, for honestly, for for probably about five years, really, really strong. And it's moved me out of my comfort zone into what God is calling me to do, actually calling us to do. And my prayer tonight is that something is activated inside of you, that, that your eyes are open to what God is saying to you, because Jesus is saying something about you that you may not even know. You may not even realize what Jesus has said to you and he's, what he's spoken over you. And so I'm going to ask you a question, and, and quite honestly, this is the title of the message. And the question is, who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? And we have to look at what the dictionary says influence is. It's the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. You see, it's no secret that our culture is different nowadays. If, if you grew up, I'll say my time frame, I'm 52, life was different then. Life was different back in the 90s. Life was different in the 80s, 70s, 60s, on and on. Life was different. And the values that our, na- that our nation was built upon has changed right before our eyes. We live in a world where darkness is everywhere. You can't turn on the news. You can't uh, look on a social media platform without seeing some kind of negativity, some kind of darkness, some kind of anger. So how do we as Christians follow Jesus and follow his teaching in a culture that's not Christian? How do we do that? How do, how do we interact with others that don't look like us or smell like us or act like us or praise like us or even votes like us? How do we interact with those folks? Do we draw a line? Do, do we look the other way or do we make a difference? I personally believe that this doesn't surprise Jesus at all. I honestly believe that what we're going through is no surprise to God himself. He knows exactly what we're, what we're facing right now. And I believe that God is calling us for something bigger than what we think. I believe that God is calling us, uh, uh, excuse me, let me say this again. We either have a choice to make. We can either be a thermostat or we can be a thermometer. What does that mean? A thermometer adjusts to the environment that it's in. But a thermostat influences its surroundings. And Jesus says something about you that you may not even know, like I was telling you. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, we'll start with 13, we're going to read through 16. It says that you are the salt of the earth. But what good is the salt if it loses its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. 
You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Verse 15, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it is given light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You see, Jesus uses this metaphor about salt and light to teach us something today. You think, when you think about it, salt and light are essential. If you were somebody like me that was a saltaholic, it's absolutely essential for, for your life. But they are also something else. They're influencers. Salt is, salt is to make things better, and light is to just illuminate things. It's to make things brighter. And anytime there's light, when, when light encounters darkness, it shines. And anytime salt encounters some sort of food, it changes it. Again, it makes it better. It really does. But what Jesus is trying to get to us tonight is to, to see that we are, we are just as essential in the community that we're in, in the community that we live in. We're here to have that kind of impact on our culture. We're not here to retreat from our culture. We're here to have an impact and to show the love of God in places where he's placed us. You see, we have the opportunity and calling from God to be an influence. May, we're here also to make a positive difference the world desperately, desperately needs. On the outside, you may think that, oh, well, I'm just nothing at all. But if you're a follower of Jesus, on the inside, you have, you, you have something that's, a, that's the kingdom of God, the power and the glory of God, and you can make a difference where you're at. But I want you to notice something. Sometimes when we read it, we, we might think that it says you might be or you could be the salt or light. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, try really, really, really hard, and then you might be the salt and light. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that you have to be a Christian this amount of years, and then you can be the salt and light. No, he says you are the salt and light of the world. But the thing also I want you to realize that, that Jesus wasn't speaking to a, a group of theologians. He wasn't speaking to a, a gathering of the United Nations. He wasn't speaking to a conference of superpowers. He wasn't speaking to a conference of pastors. No one had a position in, govern, in, in, in a government or, or at a church. But it wasn't because someone was smart or, or, or someone was so gifted. You didn't have to have a bachelor of salt or, or a doctor of light degree. No, you didn't at all. He was speaking to common people just like you and I. He was speaking to a crowd on a hillside in a tiny little town called Palestine. These were folks that didn't have any ambition. They, were, they had no position at all. And yet Jesus says to them, you are the salt of the earth. He says to them that you are the light of the world. He says that you can make a difference in the community that you're in. When you think about it, both salt and light 
or let me say this, like, like both salt and light, our relationship with God should have an obvious impact to everyone that we come in contact with. People need to see the Jesus in us. Jesus didn't just call us to be devoted. He called us to, to, and he encouraged us to make a difference where we're at. But the truth is, sometimes our prayer is the absolute opposite. God, take me out of this. Uh, Seclude me from this. Keep me away from the culture. I don't want to be around folks like that. But my question to you is this. How can you be the salt and light of this earth if you're isolated from this earth? I'm going to say it one more time. How can you be the salt and light of this world if you're isolated from this world? There's no possible way. I know we take scripture and, we, and we've heard that, there, that we're set apart. And yes, we are. But we're not set apart to, to isolate. We're set apart to make a difference. That's what we, it's kind of quiet in here. Is everybody okay? But Jesus' message to us tonight is to engage the world that's around us, to, to engage the culture that we're in, to engage the people that God has brought into our life. So my question to you is this. Who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? Sure, it may, it, it may be more comfortable to gather around just a bunch of church folks. It may be uh, uh, wonderful just to, to, to gather around the people that, that act the same way that we do. Or that may pray the same way that we do. Yes, it absolutely is. But let, but let me ask you a question. How many times have you prayed for God to take you out of a certain situation, take you out of a job? I can't tell you how many times that folks have asked me, can you pray for me? Pray for me that I find another job. And my question to them is, what's going on? Well, what's going on that, 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 that's, that's causing you to, to want this prayer? And, and quite honestly, I hear this, they'll, they'll say something like this, well, it's just too dark there. There's no Christians there. There, uh, uh, there there's just no people that... that that I can associate with. And I begin to think, what if God sent you there to make a difference? What if God sent you there to be a positive impact to them? What if we shifted our mindset and just decided to pray like crazy for those folks? What if we would just love them just like Jesus would? What if we would just be the salt and light that he's called us to be? That's exactly what Jesus prayed. He prayed, let me say this, he prayed this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed this in John chapter 17, verse 15. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. And then he says in verse 18, as you send me in the world, I have sent them in the world. Nothing is secret from God. He knows exactly what he's doing. I don't think it, it, it's by chance you're where you're at. I think it's by choice. He chose to place you there. He chose for you to be an impact in this world. 
And we might, we might think, think sometimes that as long as the, if those folks would just come to church, if they would just come to church, then that pastor would tell them what to do. <laughs> have you ever thought that? Because I have. I'm going to be honest here, I, I, which we should. We're in church. I have myself been praying. Well, man, if they would just come to church, they'd be all right. But folks, the reality is that they may never step foot in a building. We're the church. They may never step foot inside of a building. And you may be the only Jesus that they see. You can make an impact where you're at. And my question to you is, are there people in your life that aren't followers of Jesus? Do you have a meaningful relationship with them? If you don't, you need to. Because again, you may be the only Jesus that you see, that, that they see. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't want anything to do with the world. I didn't want nothing at all. Who did Jesus hang around with? Did he hang around with a bunch of Christians? And, and, and did, did, he, did he walk around with his hands folded? I don't know if he did. I wasn't, I'm not that old. <laughs> but what I do know is that he made a difference. He loved the people in spite of their wrongs. He influenced them. And all throughout the Gospels, you can see where Jesus was a friend of sinners. He hung out with them. But who influenced who? He ate with them. Who influenced who? They didn't influence him. He influenced them. And Jesus made an impact in the community that he was in, wherever he went. And what Jesus was saying was that I don't want you to be out of the world. That's what he's telling. He don't want you to be out of the world, but instead I want you to be in it. He knows that we're not of this world, but we are here. And so how are we, how are we spreading the love of Jesus to folks we, we come in contact with? We are called to love the people that don't look like us. We're called to, to love the people that don't think like us, that don't love like us, that don't speak like us, that don't pray like us, that, again, don't vote like us. And when I start to think about it, I can't even imagine anything higher or greater that we have in our hands. We have an enormous influence for the good. But are we using it? Are we influencing folks? Or are we just setting apart? We're taking the scripture out of content and setting ourselves apart and not reaching the folks that may never step foot in here. I'm convinced that people will see the beauty of Jesus in our lives if we just simply would be in their lives. You are here to make a difference in this world because you are a Christ-empowered influencer. Some of y'all may or may not know that I am the chaplain. I'm the San Marcos Police Department chaplain and I've been doing it for five years. And I started doing it because we, you may have not remembered him or you may know him, but he used to serve here as security. His name was Ken Copeland. 
He was our first officer that was killed in the line of duty. And it happened two streets over from me in, in my subdivision. And I started doing this. I, I was called that day by one of our, uh, the supervisors that, that came to church here and says, will you, uh, the supervisors that, that came to church here and says, will you come here and just sit here? I said, absolutely, I came there. I didn't come to lay hands on folks. I didn't come to, to preach to folks. I was just present. Called it a ministry of presence. Just be in his hands and feet. Folks come and pray with them, pray with me, uh, ask me to pray for them, and so I'd pray with them. And by nature, that profession is nothing but darkness. It's nothing but darkness. They face darkness every single day. Their life is on the line every single day. There's a target on their back. There's heightened anxiety. There's heightened depression. Stress is through the roof. Say, God, why do you have me there? What is it? Why? Why do you want me there? Say, I want you to be the salt light. It takes a long time to build relationships, especially in that profession. I've had one person tell me, I really don't like chaplains. I said, okay, you must have been in the military. I said, so was I. I pray that there's no military chaplains that are in here. Because <laughs> quite honestly, they're kind of different. I'll just put it that way. I said, no. I said, but I want you to get to know me. Just last week, he said, Michael, I want you to know I love you, bro. I didn't do anything. My, my role is not to preach to them. My role is not to proselytize. My role is not to convert because, quite honestly, I can't convert anybody. My role is to be the salt and light, to serve them. And I'm trying to find new ways of helping folks. So this first of this year, I began to reach out to larger agencies. I'm like, what are you doing to better the department? Because quite honestly, when I would walk in, when I first got there, you could almost grab the darkness. It was so bad. It was this cloud that was over everybody. And so I reached out to Austin PD and I reached out to San Antonio PD to build this rapport, to learn things. And I learned that within this year, San Antonio Police Department has lost seven officers to suicide. That's just down the road. Even if it was one, it was too many. The person that I'm contacted with, the police liaison, I mean a chaplain liaison, there is a devout Christian. The last one was just three weeks ago. He was on the phone with him when he racked the slide and took his own life. Why do I tell you that? Yesterday I went to 
San Antonio to meet with him. We've been in contact. And he said, Mike, I wanted to quit so bad. I can't do this. I couldn't do this no more. I was praying to God to remove me from this. And you know what he told me? I need you to be there to be the salt and light. He had no clue that I was going to talk about this tonight. And we got to pray together. He said, God, if I can reach one more person, help me to reach one more person. I may be, life may be rough around me. We don't know what we're going to do, but I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust that you've got this. And because you are the salt and light, we don't run from darkness. We shine inside of it. Because you're the salt, you don't run from impurities. God uses you as an agent of change. Isaiah 42 and 6 says, I, the Lord God, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people, Israel, as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. Just in a few chapters more, in in chapter 60, verse 1, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is what happens when the kingdom comes over people. People are drawn to the light. People are drawn to hope. You may be the only hope that they find. Please open your circle up. Allow folks in. Allow them to see the love of Jesus in you. Here's where Jesus ends, and this is where I will end too. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds. And glorify your Father in heaven. Notice it doesn't say to open your mouth and try to preach to somebody. It says just be the salt light. Just be the light. Let your light shine for others to see. Because I'm convinced that people must see God on display in your life before they ever hear the words of God come out of us. Because your salt and light living changes lives. When people see our lives, do they see Jesus? 
What do they experience? Do they experience people who love them no matter their faults? Do they experience a love that's displayed? Do they see salt and light? My prayer is that we would be a people that would reach people that don't know Jesus. Stop being a people that just wants to hang around with Christian folks because you can influence folks. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go to some full spectrum and hang out in a bar and all that stuff. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that people need to see the Jesus in you. They need to see what Jesus has done in your life. They may never open up a Bible. But if you are the living and breathing human being that God has created, the one that has been saved by grace, then that's what needs to be on display. My prayer is that that we're on fire for Jesus so much that it just illuminates every bit of darkness that we're in. Again, this is no secret where we're at. Will it get worse? Absolutely. But you can have joy in chaos, what we just sang today. You can have peace that makes no sense. And you can display it to every single person that God brings into your life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We just thank you for your many blessings. God, I thank you that you placed us in the middle of darkness. I know it sounds strange to some folks to simply pray that, but God, you have placed us here to reach folks. You have placed us here to love on folks. You've placed us here to be your hands and feet. God, forgive us if we place ourselves in a bubble. Forgive us that we've chosen not to be an impact in the community that we're in. Lord, I thank you for all you've done, all that you're going to continue to do. May we have a hunger for the folks that don't look like us, that don't smell like us, that don't act like us, that don't pray like us. God, may we see people through your eyes. May we love the unlovable. God, I thank you for what you're doing. May you activate. May you stir up. May you convict us. May you draw us out of our comfort. Because God, you've called us to be this impact. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for all that you've done, all that you're going to continue to do. We love you, Lord.
In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.